Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Michael Taylor Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports page in federalbaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols from the District Sports page on the line after Michael A. Taylor wins it with a walk-off three-run home run in the 10th inning, 5-2 to two over the Braves, a somewhat miraculous comeback. We'll start towards the end of it, Dave. Drew Storing gives up a double to right by Freddie Freeman, a one-out single by Swishhawk, puts the Braves up 2-1 to one after seven and a half innings. Nationals blow a chance to, you know, after they get a runner on in the eighth inning. They come back in the ninth, though. Arrautis Vizcaino back out for a two-inning save. UNL Escobar starts it off with a double. Trey Turner takes over her in there. They ask Ian Desmond to bunt. He gets down to two strikes, one-two count. They still put the bunt sign on. He manages to get it down on a slider nonetheless, which is Ian Desmond's kryptonite. Trey Turner takes third there. Uh, Wilson Ramos K swinging on a fastball up high inside, a pitch he should have definitely not been swinging at. Matt Dendecker comes up with two outs, lines a single to center to tie it up, one out left, and Matt Dendecker comes through with a big hit there for the Nationals to tie it back up at two. Uh, he really did. Um, and and despite the Nationals winning, you, you have to, you know, this is what we do. We nitpick everything. So when the Nats win, it's not as big a deal. But um, I got I really got to wonder about the Desmond bunt there. I mean, Trey Turner is going to score from second on almost right. any batted ball, right? I mean, and then you pinch hit with, with Wilson Ramos, who's a ground ball machine. It, it's not a force <laughs> out. So why do you feel the need? To to have Desmond bunt. I mean, Desmond's a fly ball hitter. Um, he could have likely have moved Trey Turner over just by hitting a long fly ball, um, but but they wasted the out there and they almost wasted it completely, even having the bunting play on with with two strikes. Anyway, Turner eventually does <laughs> score a really big really big swing from Matt Dendecker. Um, his pinch hitting numbers for the Nats this year have been exceptional, and there's absolutely uh, zero statistical base to expect that. Um, the, 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 the hitters are, are better pinch hitters than regular hitters, but um, but the, but he's just been exceptional when, when given that opportunity this year for the Nats, and um, really a really big hit because the Nats lose this game tonight, and it's just one of those um, nail in the coffin type of um, you know stab in the heart type of losses to to, to ha- have been tied at one for so long in the game and then to, um, didn't have Storm come in and, um, you know, give up the, the double to Freeman and then the ground ball seeing I single that, um, that scored him on that play. It just, it would have been um, another one of those really disheartening losses, but uh, Ben Decker with the big swing and the heroics in the, in the 10th inning. Just because I had to nitpick myself and not to be all correcty guy, but Ten Decker wasn't a pinch hitter there. I had to go back and look at it too, yeah. and I saw someone else who came okay. on as a defensive replacement. But whatever, he got a big hit there. It was huge for the Nationals. They go to the tenth inning. Hold on, Marlins win six to five. They go to the tenth inning. Woo! Matt Marksbury out on the mound. Bryce Harper starts it off with a single, goes the other way against a left-hander. Just another great at bat by Bryce Harper, who homeward early in the game. Brandon Kunis comes on to face Ryan Zimmerman, single to center on a chopper up the middle, brings Michael A. Taylor to the plate, out with a knee for the last couple days. He's able to hit. Matt Williams said the other day they probably wouldn't let him run if he gets on base when he hits, but they send him up there to the plate, rerun home run to left center, just a towering fly ball there. That sound goes nuts. Michael A. Taylor comes up with a huge hit for the Nationals to come, cap off the comeback win. Really, I don't think there's been a bigger hit for the Nationals so far this year. Just when it looked like they were out of it, Dan Decker with the single, and then Michael A. Taylor with a huge bomb there. 
Well, you, you took the words out of my mouth and, and off of my website because I said in my game story tonight that Taylor's had a really impressive rookie season, but this was probably his biggest hit of the season um, with, with the Nats on the brink here of, of losing just, you know, not what, what would have been a heartbreaking loss. Um, just a really nice swing. Uh, obviously, all the credit in the world goes to Harper and Zimmerman for getting on ahead of him. Um, you know, Harper just continues to amaze on a daily basis why the Braves pitched, pitched to him. Um, with two outs in the first, um, and, and then later walking walking him with runners on first and third. I mean, this is um, every day we get to see Bryce Harper do something special, it seems, and uh, tonight was no different. The big home run and then the single off the lefty in the 10th inning going the other way, um, just another really impressive at bat. And Ryan Zimmerman, I mean, who's hotter than Ryan Zimmerman right now? I mean, he's probably on to our favorite for NL Player of the Week. Um, just a tremendous uh, – um, to see to see him succeed. I mean, this is a guy that's obviously been the face of the franchise, and we joke about that, but um, but there's no player that's been identified more, at least locally, um, with this team than Ryan Zimmerman, and, and with all of his injuries, it's been tough to watch him slog through um, this season. But the last two weeks, I mean, he's just been a, bit, been a man possessed, and it's great to say. We've done a lot of picking on Matt Williams this season, nitpicking what he does, as you said earlier, but came through with a really big uh, couple moves in the fifth inning there. Tanner Roark, just about, well, he's close to his inning limit, uh, pitch limit. They were going to let him throw about 85. He was up to 69 and got himself a little bit of trouble in the top of the fifth. A one-out walk to Nick Markakis. Cameron Maven doubles to send Markakis around to third. Matt Williams makes a decision to intentionally walk Freddie Freeman to load the bases up, then goes to the pen for Matt Thornton. Thornton comes on there, bases loaded, one out, pops up A.J. Brzezinski, infuriating the veteran catcher, and then gets a ground out from Adonis Garcia to end that threat there. One-to-one game at that point, and just uh, – was actually, sorry, a one-nothing game at that point, and preserves the lead there. Just a huge inning by Thornton, and Matt Williams – Mike Rizzo said the other day that he was pushing all the right buttons and kind of infuriated all of that sound. He's frustrated with Williams, what he really did there made the decision to get Roark out of there, brings uh, Thornton on, and he gets those last two out, bases loaded, one out, Jan. Yeah, um, just a tremendous uh, performance by Thornton there. Um, you know, you walk you walk to load the bases and then bring a reliever in, and, and that kind of sets the reliever up for, uh, you know, obviously a do-or-die situation there. And, um, you know, got got Przinsky and, and then got, got the last out of the inning. Um you know, Thornton is a quality veteran left-handed pitcher, and, um, and it was really really nice to see him uh, um, have the success that he did tonight. Um, I didn't think Roark pitched particularly well tonight. I think he pitched kind of like a guy that has been in the bullpen all year and then was sent to the minors <laughs> to stretch him out and then pitched a grand total of six innings and two starts. Um, obviously, he was wearing down as he got into the fifth inning there, Um I mean, he did enough to keep the Nats in the game, right? I mean, he didn't he didn't have um, didn't give up any any runs like that, but uh, you know, put a lot of base runners on with in trouble an awful lot, and then uh, um, set the Nats up for some nail biting there before Thornton got him out of the jam. He pitched sort of like a pitcher that's been back and forth between the <laughs> bullpen and rotation all year, and yanked around all the season, but. He did enough tonight. Only gave up the one run. Uh, let me pull up his line real quickly here before we skip on to the opposing pitcher. But Tanner Roark, four and a third, five hits, one run, three walks that you don't like, but one strikeout on the night. Gave up uh, 69 pitches in his first start since uh, I think the end of June. So he did what he could out there on the mound, gave the Nationals all he could. 
Julio Tehran on the mound for the Braves tonight. Gave up 10 hits, 7 runs, 3 earned, and 5 and 2 thirds in Turner Field against the Nationals in April. And that big comeback win that Dan Uggla won it. 10 hits, 3 walks, 6 earned runs, and 5 innings at a few weeks after that in uh, D.C. And a Braves loss in which he received no decision either of those. 9 and 7 on the year, 4.62 ERA, 4.58 FIP, 2.57, 3.33, 4.32 line against in 60, 161 and two thirds. But he's down one nothing early. Harper just absolutely crushed a 3-2 fastball, hit it up into the second deck in right right field in Nationals Park. Home run number 32 on the year. Just a big blast by Harper there. We made a big deal last night out of how Harper managed to walk and score. Uh, four runs without ever getting a hit in the game and just unbelievable uh, blast by Harper there too just to show off the power finally decides to swing and absolutely crushes a 95-mile-an-hour mile, heater. Yeah, you know, uh, Tehran was trying to establish, uh, you know, inside presence on the first three batters of the game and was going inside on everybody but and tried to do it again to Harper there but didn't get in enough and Harper was able to uh, get his hands extended there and just really mashed it. I mean, it, it's fun to watch him, um, you know, tee off on a ball. And, and um, you know, this is a guy that, that obviously means a lot to the Nationals. And um, his maturity as, as a ball player uh, has been very much fun to watch tonight, Watch this season. You know, you mentioned his performance last night, uh, walking four times, scoring four runs without even swinging at a pitch. And, um, and, then, and then the walk tonight – first and third and then they walked in um you know to, to face Zimmerman. I mean that's just the the um the uh the respect that that, that Harper is, is gaining throughout major league baseball that you're gonna walk and deliver the basis for the potential um National League player of the week this week. So um yeah just a, a great uh, a great swing on that ball. Um Tehran was able to, to shut the Nets down the rest of the way. Um he's got some good numbers against a bunch of the Nats uh uh, Worth and Desmond, I think, are, are combined like eight for seventy against him, or something like that. So um, tough on righties, but uh, but Harper was able to, able to deliver that big blow against him. Two for three on the night, two runs scored, two more walks. That's six walks, uh, six runs scored in the first two games of this series, and just unbelievable couple nights from Harper in the midst of what is arguably an MVP season for him. I think lost in all this excitement with the Michael Taylor blast of what Harper was able to do, though. Uh, Thornton gets that big out, but then Felipe Rivera, the rookie lefty, you know he's one of my favorites, comes on, two scoreless innings on 19 pitches, six Braves up, six Braves down, throwing 98, 99 miles an hour the whole time, just blew the Braves away and kept it close there. Two really big innings from him before Thornton ended up giving up the run. Is that your hash brown narrative for the night? <laughs> <laughs> Respectfully, Faber Vero. That's my hash brown. That's right. Now, uh, um, yeah, great performance by Rivero. Uh, obviously, um, you know, left-handed arms don't grow on trees, and left-handed tower arms like that are even more rare. So it, it, it appears that the Nets have un- uncovered a, a gem in the sky, um, kept the Nets right where they needed to be until um, until Storm came in with his struggles and. Um, continues to be, um, you know, to, to to have a really good rookie season. That's the thing that we need to remember is that you know this guy um, hadn't pitched above Double A this season before he came in, I believe. Um, you can probably correct me yep. on that. But uh, that's right. um, Just a tremendous, yeah, just a tremendous performance again tonight from him. Speaking of tremendous performances, I hate to give the opposition praise, but Freddie Freeman once again three for four, two doubles on the night, a run scored, a walk on the night. 
just a really another impressive performance by Freddie Freeman and begrudgingly have to respect what he's able to do, especially against the Nationals. He's absolutely a Nationals killer. Even though I saw you tweet that he's basically a 280 hitter versus the rest of the league, but I think he was up to 340, 100 hits and 293 at bats after that double off the earlier in the game against the Nationals. Yeah, it's ridiculous. If he hits this well against the Nats, he's not even a 280 hitter against the rest of the league. So um, it just—it's really remarkable how he just keeps uh, keeps doing it against the Nats. Every single game, he's on base two or three times and scoring a run or driving in a run. I mean, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. I, I, he's um, probably the, the Braves' best hitter. Uh, you know, good on base percentage. He's decent around the bag. I mean, he's he's a really good ball player, but he's not a 340 hitter. <laughs> You know, you know, in any regard, um, except for when he plays the Washington Nationals, it, it just—it seems like the Nats have a bad scouting report on how to get him out. Pulling up the um, Mets record right here before we get into that a little bit, but they drop a five-four decision, I think it was in the end, six-five maybe to the Marlins tonight. If there's one Achilles heel that the Mets have and that the Nats can hope to take advantage of here, is that they're not very good on the road this season. I'm, stalling and kind of continue talking until I can pull up their uh, road record for the year, which will be up in a second here. But they drop one to the Marlins. The Nats are now five games back, so it's a little bit closer, even with six games left against the Mets so far this season. But the big story of the day, and I think it would be remiss if we didn't talk about it here, considering what the Nationals went through in 2012. Just stopped for a second here. 29-35 and 35 on the road so far this year. 45-24 and 24 at home. So if there's one problem with the Mets, they're not a very good team on the road, and they paid for it again tonight, lost a big game to the Marlins. But the story of the day out of New York was Scott Boris speaking up, telling the baseball world that he, the doctors and everyone involved there thinks that uh, Matt Harvey should be shut down at around 180 innings, which would give him two more starts and not leave him available for the postseason. The Mets and Matt Harvey are both saying that he's going to keep on pitching. Uh, Boris basically said that, the precedent was set with the Nationals, and that's what he's referencing when he talks about this stuff. And if you're not going to follow the doctor's orders, you're kind of taking Matt Harvey's career in your hands. And I don't know if he's setting them up for a future lawsuit if they push Harvey for a couple more starts and into the postseason or what. But big controversy out of New York today with all that chatter. Well, I don't know how a lawsuit can be possible. If, if Harvey is willing to pitch, um, and, and he's a, and the team that's employed, the team that employs him wants him to pitch. Um, then he's contractually ob- obligated to pitch unless he's injured. And, and by all accounts, he's not currently injured. Um, you know, there's there's no. Um, I don't. Know, I, I might be talking out of school, but I don't believe there's a clause in your contract that says if if a doctor's advice is advising you to shut you down, regardless of, of your current health. I don't think there's that clause in that contract. So. I don't know that, that there's any grounds for a lawsuit. Um, he certainly could be setting up for um, for bad further, you know, future negotiations. I mean, here he is, you know, advising you know his team of his client to, to not pitch his client. Um, it just it, it's it's a bad deal all the way around. I, you know, personally, you know, the time for the agents to be meddling in, in affairs is during the off season. I don't think during the regular season that the agents should be out there making statements and quotes and getting involved. This is a, a team, this is a thing between his doctors and the team and Harvey. And if Harvey's deciding to pitch, that's his prerogative. I mean, he can take his doctor's advice and, and make his decision. Just like, just like anybody, if you had a broken arm or if you had cancer or whatever, you take your doctor's best advice and then you make your personal decision on what you're going to do. So I don't really see where Boris has 
um, any standing to stick his nose in at this point. He certainly stuck his nose in there today and made a big deal out of it. We'll see what goes on with that going forward. But just like Steven Strasburg, you know the pitcher wants to keep pitching. You know everyone who you're asked about it is going to say there's no way you shut him down. Looks like the Mets aren't going to do what the Nationals did, shutting Steven Strasburg down in 2012 and causing themselves a whole couple of years' worth of headaches with that. Now it's on the Mets. I pretty much guarantee you they didn't expect to be heading to the postseason when the season started and didn't anticipate this being a problem, but maybe they had a better idea of their team than we did going into it. So we'll see what they do going forward. The most important thing is that the Nationals won tonight 5-2 on Michael A. Taylor's walk-off winner. Matt Knightley, sponsored by the District Sports page and federalbaseball.com. We'll talk to you tomorrow night, sir, after the third straight win. Sounds good. Go Nats. (laughs) Dog says that. Wait. (laughs) 